For decades, milk has been fueling women marathon runners as the OG performance drink. And in the new docu-series, Running Sucks, brought to you by Team Milk, Abby Ayers takes us on a journey of self-discovery as she meets several groups of empowered women runners to find out what drives them, what fuels them, and what pushes them to go the distance. And in the process, she learns that she too can be a distance runner. You can watch the series at runningsuckstheseries.com and register for the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon at everywomansmarathon.com. Hey, you're listening to Intuit from Vulture and New York Magazine. I'm Sam Sanders, and by now, you know the drill. It is Friday, which means we're here to play a game. I'm joined this week by two contestants, two all-stars from, I guess, our sister organization, Vox. Uh, Tell folks who you are, and welcome. Um, I'm Rebecca Jennings. I report on internet culture for Vox. And I'm Alex Avat Santos. I write about TV, movies, anything, and Gwyneth Paltrow sometimes, which I'm <laughs> like super happy about. Whenever I get to write about Gwyneth Paltrow, I'm very happy. You guys cover all of it. I read your newsletter, Rebecca. Thank I read you. all your articles, Alex. And like y'all can go from TikTok <laughs> to Marvel to Gwyneth <laughs> to like it's. A lot. A large portfolio. We try. We try. We do try. And it's also like our beats are so vague and wide <laughs> that like some some weeks Gwyneth Paltrow is going to have a really iconic trial. And that's what Alex is doing for that week. And some weeks this uh, Balenciaga Harry Potter AI art is going to go viral. And that's what I'm working on this week. So this is my first time hearing the words oh Balenciaga <laughs> Harry Potter AI in the oh, same yeah. sentence. Yeah, I can tell you all about it. Um, Basically, a couple weeks ago. What's the scoop you're getting, Sam? (laughs) It's not a scoop. It was like two weeks ago. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of late to it already. so this this uh, AI kind of dude who just like fucks around on YouTube, uh, he used several different um, AI tools uh, to create what if Harry Potter existed in like a Balenciaga ad from like the early 90s. And it's just like very <laughs> funny. Um, but, but I interviewed him and for next week... Uh, hot tip, I tried to recreate his experiment, but with Lord of the Rings, if it were directed by Wes Anderson, and the result is insane. <laughs> um, it was it was very funny because the AI was like, well, of course, Jason Schwartzman is going to be Aragorn, uh, and Bill Murray is Gandalf. And so it was like, it was so funny. Bill Murray is Gandalf. <laughs> is I love it. I'm a god. You're a god. I'm a god. I'm not the god. All right, Rebecca, Alex, we're going to play my favorite game, Into It, Not Into It. But I have to take a few minutes just to ask you both about a big thing that I've been thinking about these last few weeks. And I want to ask y'all because I know that you both kind of cover this stuff. It's TikTok. Is TikTok going to go away? Do we know yet? What's the probability? I mean, we don't know yet. Uh, If I had to guess, I would say no, because it's just so much, it's just going to be so much of a headache for the U.S. government who is so behind on so much of this stuff. Like, in my opinion, they have way bigger priorities across social media than just focusing on TikTok. I think a lot of it is like, it, it goes down to a lot of lawmakers just fundamentally misunderstanding what it is and what what the dangers are, quote unquote. Um, and I mean, to be honest, if it does go away, like meaningfully, or if it just like is, you know, too buggy to function, or, you know, if, if a lot of people can no longer use it on their phones, I think Instagram Reels has kind of already eaten away a little bit as, and like, yeah, I know it sucks. (laughs) I'm not saying it's good. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it's like, it does serve the same kind of content. And so I think from a cultural perspective, 
like people will just pivot. Like people have been me like big creators have been prepared for a TikTok ban for years at this point. And huh. like culturally, I don't know how much of an impact it will have. I think tech wise, it, it's very much the wrong move. Um, and I don't think it will happen. But. Yeah. Alex, how do you feel about this? Is it going to get banned? I mean, the, the weird thing is to me, and it just feels like just because I'm super cynical, is that like, aren't all our apps spying on us? Like, yeah. we just we just don't that like, we, we just that don't part. want the Chinese app that spies yeah. on us, but we're fine. Like, well, I don't know. Like the like Nest my, camera right. on your front door is yes. sending shit to the cops. Literally. Right. Literally. And like Pinterest and like my mom is posting stuff on Facebook of like my nephew and niece and their faces are probably tagged and like they're just newborn babies. And it's just like, well, this is the one that's like splashy and you can just it's like the narrative of a Chinese spy app is very like saucy. And it's just like, yeah, here's what we're going to ban. And then it's just like all our little lawmakers are just trying to like have a soundbite where they get to be cute and like do something about like TikTok. Yeah. Well, and it's also, I don't know, the whole, and we've been in this like struggle, at least performatively with TikTok for a few years now because Trump tried to ban it a few years yeah. ago. Yeah. What I can't get over with all of this is just like America's inflated sense of ego. Yeah. Like you really think <laughs> China cares where you did the cuff it dance? <laughs> you really think... <laughs> I don't think they're concerned. (laughs) Like Mark Zuckerberg is concerned. He's so much scarier to me than the nation of China. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Like if anything, China teach us all how to dance better. You know, like (laughs) I do wonder though, and this is more for Al, I mean, honestly for both of y'all, what does happen hypothetically if TikTok goes away in terms of just like culture and entertainment? At this point now, it feels like a song cannot be a hit unless it's a hit on TikTok first. It seems like every comedian that I've gotten to know and and who has made it big and been new in the last three years has gotten big through and on TikTok. Like, it's kind of one of the lifelines of the entertainment industry at this point. Yeah. What happens if we lose that? I mean, can I just have this full disclosure that nothing makes me feel more old and, like, more, like, rickety than TikTok, like not the, same the girl, user same. The, the same interface. Girl, same. Like, I have to watch TikTok through Twitter videos. Like it's like I need I, someone to I download watch the video. TikTok on Instagram Reels. <laughs> that's 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 where I do it. So I think like no other platform has ever been able to replicate TikTok's ability to take an unknown person or trend or song or whatever and spread it out to like the crazy amount of people that are on TikTok. And so like Instagram hasn't been able to replicate that. No other social platform has that kind of mechanism. And so I think we're going to see a lot less like overnight success stories in the music industry and like just in trends, fashion and like just any kind of like cultural artifact is just going to, the trends won't move as quickly. And like that, you could say that's a bad thing. You could say that's a good thing. Um, Oh, it's it's very good. I want trends (laughs) to slow down, especially with (laughs) fashion. I cannot keep right. up. What is the core that we're in right now? Norm <laughs> oh, core, dad don't. core, boat core, yacht core, okay, light core, wait. dark core. Now that I'm listening to Rebecca, I'm just kind of like, well, can we leave TikTok for Ice Spice? If we leave TikTok for Ice Spice, <laughs> I'm fine with that. It's another thing that makes me feel old. Like, God bless her. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't understand it. He said I'm good enough. Think about shit that I shouldn't know. So I tell him it's one of me. He making fun of me. His girl is a bum to me. It's also, you know, like thinking about TikTok going away. When I am on it, it feels worse than it 
was a year ago, so I'm kind of okay with it. <laughs> it feels like it's gotten worse. Can yeah. I say that? Right? Y'all notice this, right? Yeah. The algo's a little off. It's pushing stuff I don't really want to see. Yeah. It seems less good than it was at peak pandemic. It's a lot of, like, nastiness also. It's, like, I, it's it's developed, like, the Twitter Tumblr syndrome of, like, discourseified. Uh, which makes it a lot less pleasant to be on. Yeah, because I don't want discourse on TikTok. I want yeah. videos. Yeah. yeah, I want videos. I, I want dancing. I don't want like someone that's reading like a tweet and explaining a tweet to me on TikTok, and I'm just kind of like, what's happening here? Yeah. <laughs> Why are we yeah. doing this? The worst are the like internet detectives that are going <laughs> to spend a three minute video on TikTok to explain to you how the eyebrows say everything about the beef between Selena and Haley, and it's like, girl. <laughs> Wait, I kind of like that. I, <laughs> <laughs> I love like a body, a good body language TikTok. Oh my God. Uh-huh. But you know what my secret is? I never sign in. Like I, I uh, barely, like I don't sign in, so I don't fuck up my algorithm, and all I get is Barbie dogs, which is my favorite TikTok. Oh. Barbie dogs or dogs? It's a meme. <laughs> dogs, the dogs. Barbie dogs. Yeah, they just what dance around. They, it's just like these two little dogs, and they dance around, and then it's just they're so cute. It's and, it's like a meme where there's like a, a image of a cartoon dog from the Barbie movies, and they're dancing <laughs> to that Nicki Minaj song that samples uh, "Video Killed the Radio Star." <laughs> Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's always like me and my bestie in detention, or it's like me and my bestie at the dentist when we tell him we don't floss, and it's just like these Barbie dogs misbehaving, and it's like that's the only thing on my algorithm. That wow. is the I've, I've managed to like call it so that that's wow. the only thing that appears. That feels very spiritually smooth brain <laughs> if that's what I could call it just like just like don't even think about it just vibes no, yeah just no vibes. thoughts no thoughts just vibes <laughs> <laughs> so what I hear you both saying is that if TikTok goes away we'll be fine but it's probably not gonna go away so chill yeah, yeah. alright <laughs> with that now that we've done that just we vibes. solved the it's problem just, we did just, it Joe it's just, vibes. just vibes it's just vibes All right, time for a quick break. When we come back, the game, I promise. But before that, a favor to ask. You know I ask you every week, but I mean it, and I'm going to keep asking you. If you haven't already, will you subscribe to this show and consider leaving us a rating? It can be as many stars as you want. Be honest, baby. Uh, But share it on Apple Podcasts. Also, tell a friend to listen IRL. Like, tell them to their face to listen to this show. We'd greatly, greatly appreciate it. Calling all female runners, it's time to lace up and join Team Milk. Since the 2022 New York City Marathon, Team Milk has sponsored female marathon runners nationwide, providing support and shining a spotlight on their unique stories, perseverance, and drive to go the distance. Why milk? Dairy milk is an excellent nutritional ad for both marathon training and recovery. Milk contains 13 essential nutrients, including high-quality protein, making it a crucial component of a training diet. Plus, it's one of the best beverages for hydration, even better than water. The same electrolytes that are added to many of your favorite sports drinks are found naturally in milk. And in 2024, Team Milk is taking the next step to empower female runners by launching the only women's marathon in the U.S. designed for and by women. Built to be accessible, empowering, and community building, the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon will take place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16, 2024. 
You can learn more and register for the marathon at everywomansmarathon.com. Hello again. Are y'all ready for this game? I'm, I'm so always nervous. I'm always nervous. <laughs> Alex, you've played now more than be, once, right? Be, or just feel, once. It, it, I was telling one of your producers, I'm just like the kid in class that hates pop quizzes. And I'm always like, I'm going to be stumped. I'm going to be stumped. I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. Alex, you're going to win, though, because you're so scary to disagree with. So I feel what? like... Damn. <laughs> absolutely damn, not. Damn. damn. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> so in Slack, sometimes he'll just like say a thing. And if you like disagree, he's like... LOL, no. <laughs> 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 Terrifying. I well, can't believe I can't believe my Slack habits are being aired out on a vulture podcast. Listen, right now. Slack is not private. As we know, every six months, someone at the New York Times screen grabs a bunch of slacks to start a fight. Slacks are not they private. Are. Basically, there'll be three stories from the week. You tell me if you're into them or not, and I will judge you both based on my opinion of your opinions. Love it. I love being judged. Love to be judged. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here is the first topic. Are y'all into or not into all the hoopla continuing to surround this new Barbie movie, which still isn't out for a few more months? Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Okay. I'm into it because I think that Greta Gerwig should get to direct like every, like the film adaptation of every media property. Personally, I need her to direct an adaptation of Infinite Jest. And so I think (laughs) that even if she does Barbie, it will be uh, just like a fun time, a fun time with a good story. I think I'm getting a little bit of Margot Robbie fatigue personally. And I Ryan was there Gosling. Last year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she had two flops, and it's just like, get the message, oh, people. Babylon. And Amsterdam, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Two of them. Uh, yeah. But I think I, I'd prefer to see her in this kind of like just fun summer film, no thoughts just vibes kind of movie. Um, the vibe of I this whole show fun. so far is just vibes. It's what we want. <laughs> just vibes. Alex, are you into or not into the Barbie movie hoopla and the Barbie movie itself? As a boy who played with Barbies, yeah. I am deeply into this movie. I don't know what it's about. I like the aesthetic and the aesthetic is so pleasing to me of like this bright, colorful, it looks like ice cream. Basically, this yeah. movie looks like neon ice cream. Um, the trailer, you have no idea what's happening. It's just people, beautiful people <laughs> smiling. Also, everyone's in this movie. Sam, are you Everybody. in this movie? I feel Listen, like you're this in is this the movie. Thing. They keep <laughs> announcing cast. So this week alone, they've announced more cast in this film. It's got Will Ferrell, Dua Lipa, Michael Sarah, America Ferreira, Issa Rae, yeah. Simu Liu, Helen Mirren, Kate McKinnon, and this is like, so they announced all these castings after I felt like I saw a small mini trailer several months ago. Then a new right. trailer dropped this week, but the movie isn't actually out until July. <laughs> I think I'm going to love this movie because I love Greta Gerwig, mm-hmm. but I'm already tired of all the hoopla around it. I thought this film was going to come out three months ago. <laughs> it comes out the same day as Oppenheimer. Which is going to be <laughs> nuts. I know which one I'm going to see. <laughs> Why would they put Oppenheimer out in July? Like, who wants to escape summer and watch a movie about... Is it a Christopher Nolan one? Yes, it's absolutely Christopher. Well, it's also... Like- I still got a bone to pick with him over Tenet. <laughs> I couldn't hear half that goddamn movie. 
<laughs> I mean, the bigger question is why would you put it out the same day as Barbie? I this is my thing though, and this is why I wanted to bring it up. Like I am starting to become tired of the industrial complex that exists around big films before they yeah. even are released. Mm-hmm. I've been hearing about Barbie for half a year or more. <laughs> and it's still not out for a few more months. Is this just the world we live in now? Because I find it tiring. I think this is one of those movies where they're like, all right, there's no way this can flop because it's literally Barbie and like every celebrity on earth and like who is not going (laughs) to go see that. And I think they were just like, okay, if any film can save the damn movie theaters, this is it. And I feel like they're putting all of their money into being like, go see this at the movie theater. And I think like the entire industry is is like hoping that this is like, all right, this we gotta get to that, work. that yeah. movie theater ticket money. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, my favorite yeah. thing is, is that this is a movie designed for gay men and women. <laughs> <laughs> and so if you're tired of it and you're like, it's because like gay guys are very obnoxious about this movie and we love it so much. And it let me tell you even- though, <laughs> as a gay, as a gay who supports... The Greta Gerwig agenda. Right. (laughs) Who supports every actor in this film. My whole thing is just give me the movie, baby. My (laughs) ideal world is once you drop a trailer for a movie or the first even teaser trailer of the trailer, you got six weeks. You got six weeks, then we got to (laughs) go. Are y'all into or not into a really interesting April Fool's Day prank that Sarah Polly's 11-year-old daughter pulled on her this past weekend. Did you hear about this? No. I did. Okay, tell us what happened. So Sarah Polly, director of Women Talking, posts or has a social media post. I think it was on Twitter, right? And she was basically like, I got played by my 11-year-old. And she posted the letter that was basically this official letter that was like, we're taking away your Oscar. Please give it back. (laughs) And it is like, this Oscar means, like this Oscar for Sarah Polly means so much to her. And it's just like, and then it was basically like, it's your (laughs) 11-year-old. Yeah. 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 So this letter... It's kind of hilarious. The letter was asking for Sarah to return her Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay, but there was, like, no letterhead. It was just, like, (laughs) the words. (laughs) Can I read it for you all in its entirety? Absolutely. Dear Sarah Polly, we say this to you with the deepest regrets. The Oscar (laughs) you received was given by mistake. You must return it. We are giving you one more week to enjoy its presence in your home, but after that period of time, you must mail it back to L.A., where we will give it to the rightful best adapted screenplay, all quiet on the Western front. (laughs) We are sorry for your loss, but it is only fair that the play with the real best adapted screenplay gets the Oscar. In hindsight, we should have told you when we realized it on the night on which the Oscar was given, but you must understand that we did not want another, quote, year of the moonlight. And we also (laughs) did not want it to get all over your local news, as the citizens of Toronto would probably be quite irritated, and we do not want this news getting out. We feel it is wrong you get this note on April 1st. Although we do not know you will, we sent it on express mail, so our estimates show it will reach you around then. As you will probably think it is a joke, and we feel that it is wrong. So another letter will be sent, probably in this week or the next, assuring you that this is not a joke. This is much too cruel to be a joke. Ergo, we deeply apologize for any inconvenience we may have caused you. 
We will also be sending you an email. The only reason we didn't do that in the first place was because it was, quote, take your child to work day. And Joe's daughter insisted we send a letter to be more formal. Again, sorry for any convenience. Sincerely, David Rubin. <laughs> Tins across the board, man. Tins across the board. What, I was, so I was not doing that at 11. <laughs> this kid is like a future comedian. Like, this is a yes. future film director. I, yes. This is iconic. I'm obsessed with this. All right. So you're both into it. Yes. I'm into it just because I want to know, like, the gossip. Like, is Sarah Polly going around her house being like, if I lose to the goddamn all quiet on the Western Front? <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, what informed this letter? <laughs> like, what conversations in the house informed this letter? Yeah. <laughs> Regret to inform you both that I've seen neither movie. <laughs> Women I've talking seen is so much better. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I have so no much desire to see all quiet on the Western Front. I didn't read the book in high school. Shit. I'm not you doing know what that. The, you know what the funniest thing about All Quiet on the Western Front is, Sam? Mm-hmm. What? Germans don't even like it. Really? Tell me more. We're, uh, there's this whole thing about like how it came out and people were like, it's so unremarkable. And then like it just got roasted. And I think I think Germany is where it's from. And that's its formal submission. And the critics in Germany are like, this is kind of a bad movie. Really? <laughs> Wasn't it a Netflix movie though? Like Netflix pushed it hard? Netflix did push it hard. But yeah. yes, I think I think also like how many twinks do we need to see die in war? <laughs> <laughs> the limit does not exist. <laughs> <laughs> Twinks dying in war. For me, that imagery is just like 2.30 a.m. in WeHo. <laughs> last question. Uh, well, before we get to our last question, it's like a mini question. What should I make of the news that Dwayne The Rock Johnson is going to do a live action Moana not even <laughs> 10 years after the anime <sighs> Moana was released? <sighs> Um, I think I have differing opinions on Alex, so I'll let let you go first. I mean, at what point are we going to get the animated remakes of the live-action remakes of the animated originals? (laughs) We're we're close, buddy. We're We're close. close. Or like the animated reboot mashup of Lion King and Beauty and the Beast. Well, like the worlds become a cinematic universe together. I mean, now that he's not doing Black Adam, he probably has a lot of time on his hands. He and better his... not do Black Adam ever again. <laughs> I think he said, out. he was like, we're not doing this again. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go back to what works. <laughs> it's just, it's just yeah. too soon. It's, it, it, it's too soon. The kids are still singing those songs. Absolutely. Yeah. Those kids are probably, how old are they? Like 10 maybe? Yeah. But I, I don't know. As a theater okay. kid, Rebecca probably has different <laughs> Rebecca, what's well, your okay. take on this? So my take is yes, it's too soon. And no, I have never seen a single one of those like stupid live action remakes of Disney movies. Like I have no desire to do that. Counterpoint, Moana Counterpoint. is amazing. I love that movie so it's beautiful. much. It's Moana so does beautiful. Slap. It's like, so every time I feel sick or like, I feel like when I had COVID, I watched Moana because it's just like, it's just so pretty and like the songs are fun, whatever. Uh, it's like that in Encanto. It's just like summer vibes and like just very cozy. I've been staring at the edge of the water. Long What's the one song? I can remember. Find you. I like that one. Oh, how I far like I'll go. One. Yeah. <laughs> and no one knows. I also like the grandma. The grandma's really good. But it's just like, 
It's like, I think like even with like Little Mermaid, right? Like I think the problem I have is that none of this feels fun. Like once it turns, like Lion King is fun. Well, like until like after Boy, the bad stuff have you happens. watched The Lion King? It ain't, the daddy dies. Right. But like, but like, but like if you're doing a live action remake, right? Of like all these animals and make them look like animals and don't like have any like whimsy to it. It gets, it takes away yeah. all the fun. And it's just like, do I want to see that chicken around? That weird ass. It's, we're going to get a live action animated chicken. Like, what's his name? Haha or he hey, who? Hey. hey. <laughs> sure, sure. Thank you for this fact check. Oh my God. Like, this just is like, embarrassing. just like clucking around. Like, because you know it's not going to be cute. Like, you be, like, if you look at the Little Mermaid animals, they're not very cute. And they don't, I don't want them singing. I don't know if I want to look at that chicken for an hour and 30 minutes. As long as they don't do, uh, Moana as like a live musical on Fox on Wednesday night. <laughs> All of those were bad. All of those were bad. Now the last question. Are y'all into or not into Taylor Swift fans complaining that the kind of expensive merch from her concert tour doesn't hold up too well? Have y'all heard about this? <laughs> no. I've only heard like details, but Please spill. I will spill. This is from a Vulture article. Uh, apparently, fans who were going to concerts in the Taylor Swift Eras tour say the merch that they wait in line for hours for to get, uh, you can't wash it. <laughs> quote from Vulture, quote, after one wash, the print was horribly faded to the point Taylor's face on the print was unrecognizable, says Amelia, who waited for over five hours to buy her gray quarter zip sweatshirt at the tour's Las Vegas stop. It was also $65, which I feel like is more than enough for it to hold up. It's super disappointing that it looks this bad. Florencia, who's 24, says that her tour shirt from the Glendale stop faded after one wash, she said, I would have gotten the water bottle or tour poster instead, which are cheaper than clothing. Then she goes on to say that she compiled a Twitter thread that collected similar complaints. Of course. And she said that she wanted to, quote, create awareness. <laughs> Give a heads up to other Swifties. Create awareness. I... Yeah, I know, but like, oh like if, if Swifties really wanted to like solve the world's problems between the Swifties and the Barb's, if you had mass that kind of power, we could solve so many things. Yeah. With what I Swifties thought they and were going to use their power to fix Ticketmaster. <laughs> I guess they pivoted. Well, you got to fix the merch first. <laughs> no, you don't <laughs> fix Ticketmaster. <laughs> Also, all of these people who are like, the merch is bad on this tour, they probably already have a room full of Taylor <laughs> right, Swift yeah, merch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that scares me. Um, I'm sorry. Anyone that waits in line for four hours for merch. And I'm not a Taylor Swift hater. I have tickets to when she's in New York. I'm going. So I'm not hating on, Taylor, on Swifties. Please don't come at me. But five hours? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. Also, how are you washing these shirts? <laughs> yeah. Turn it inside out, wash it on cold, yeah. air dry. We know this. Yeah. We know this by now. Yeah. I'm am, deeply into this. I'm no, deeply really? into, I'm, I'm deeply into this drama. <laughs> I love the idea of Taylor Swift being a businesswoman and maximizing profits. <laughs> and not only not only like for her sold out Ticketmaster show, but she's also like, here, I'm gonna maximize the merch. And I I love the idea of Taylor Swift as this entrepreneur girl boss who's just gonna just 
take everyone. It is a crazy spell. <laughs> it is a crazy spell. Like I remember, was it this last album where you could build a Taylor Swift clock if you bought four different versions of the record? <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> She can get her fans to buy anything. Oh, yeah. I'm a Beyonce stan. I don't think Beyonce stands buy as much merch from Beyonce as Taylor fans buy merch from Taylor. I think that's probably true. And do you do you think it's because of Ivy Park? Like, it's so easy to get that it's, like, not... Here's the thing about Ivy Park. And Beyonce, you know I love you. <laughs> that stuff ain't great. <laughs> the clothes aren't great. <laughs> yeah. But I did buy Renaissance on vinyl. Me too. I did spend too much money on Renaissance tickets. But I don't ever feel the pressure to buy everything that Beyonce pushes out in the way it feels like Taylor Swift fans feel this pressure to buy everything that she sells. Well, I also think that Beyonce fans are probably like better dressed than Taylor Swift fans. Ooh. So it's no, because like, okay, merch, like, like I don't Taylor think Taylor Swift fans don't oh, come for yeah. her. She said Rebecca said it. She works I at Box, not you. at Vulture. I, Swifties, I am one of you. But my thing is, is that like I just think that Taylor Swift kind of has this monopoly on what her fans wear because when Taylor Swift goes through these eras, her fans kind of dress alongside her and like mimic whatever style she's going for. Beyonce doesn't do that kind of like constant reinvention with like a very specific look the way Taylor does. And so I feel like it's harder to get them to like buy whatever like merch she's selling. Also, every piece of clothing that Beyonce wears, only Beyonce can wear Literally. (laughs) You're yeah, like, absolutely. I can wear that. Yeah, yeah. I cannot wear that outfit. Yeah. Whereas, like, Taylor's whole presentation of self is meant to be a little more relatable. Yeah. I mean, the smart thing for Taylor Swift to do is be like, Swifties, if you want manufacturing reform and manif- clothing <laughs> manufacturing reform, this is something we can all fix together. Yep. I still need her to galvanize the troops and just have them march to Capitol Hill and fix Ticketmaster. We felt I know, like we were so close. We were so close for a second. Well, we were so close, and then and then all these magic tickets came up. <laughs> yeah. But why would, yeah. why would Taylor Swift want manufacturing reform? The, she's the sweatshops are doing good for her. Their bottom line. Well, no, but like she, <laughs> you she are could, about <laughs> to feel the wrath of these Swifties. I am I am saying she what she would do, if you were a businesswoman, you would just be like, okay, well we can fix this. Let's fix this together, and we can all get more sweatshirts. That would require her to want to do that, and I just don't think she does. I will never say anything bad about Taylor Swift on a microphone because I ain't dumb. But I will say (laughs) I am into her business savvy. And I'm into Taylor Swift fans learning a bit more on how to wash stuff on Cold Cycle Inside Out and air dry it. (laughs) On that note. Taylor Swift, I love you. Taylor Swift. Too late. It's too late. It's too late. It's too late. She said you guys dress bad. (laughs) It's now time to declare a winner. And I think I disagreed with you both on like the amount of runway that this Barbie movie is getting. Y'all are okay with it. I am not. But I will say I love how much shit Rebecca (laughs) talked about the Taylor fandom. So girl, you win. You win. R.I.P. to your mentions. R.I.P. the menchies. Oh my God. You can present me this award at my funeral uh, because I'm about to get Isn't there a Taylor Swift... (laughs) Wait, isn't there a Taylor Swift lyric about a funeral and when she dies and a will? Yeah. (laughs) She's laughing up at us from hell. Rebecca, congratulations. Uh, Alex, congratulations. Thank Um, you. This was delightful. I enjoyed it. I want you both to come back soon. I want to come back too. Thank you so much. Always rooting for the anti-hero. 
Last week, Kanye West accused one of the biggest Twitch streamers of being an industry plant. It's an idea that comes up so often on platforms like TikTok and elsewhere. You see people who have blown up seemingly overnight. And the question is, who's behind them, right? That's what everyone wants to know. Tipping the scales and pulling the lever to make them seemingly the next it thing on the internet. This week on Power User, is it even possible to create an industry plant on the internet? And if so, how? Culturegeist. Culturegeist. You're listening to Culturegeist. Culturegeist. I don't know, y'all. And now for a segment we're calling Culturegeist. About all the things we can't stop thinking about. The culture that's haunting you, haunting me, haunting all of us, for better or worse. I'm Hannah Rosen. I was the editorial director for New York Magazine's podcasts, including this one. And the thing that is haunting me, it's a show called Staff Let's Flats. It's a BBC comedy. And just to explain the name, Staff, is the lead character played by Jamie Demetrio, who's basically like a Cypriot English total idiot. You've got nice toilet paper in there, man. One of my old offices is like wood. You've been here like 10 minutes and you've already taken a shit. No, no. I did a wee. Right, so why do you need the loo roll? For my willy, to wipe it. And let's flats means he's a letting agent, like he's a real estate agent. To be clement with you, most of it's not even burnt. It's just dirt from where the fire burnt it. And his sister Natasha is in it, and they have this very, like, sweet and loving relationship. And a lot of the humor is them randomly breaking out in song. Stressed out times. We're stressing in the morning, then we're stressing in the night. And sometimes it's staff himself, like in the scene when he is outside the letting agency and he's singing to himself. He like breaks out in song in front of his car. Because he has just uh, slept with one of the fellow real estate agent. Yeah, I had sex with Carol last night, so I'm waiting out here because we're not keeping it in the workplace. It's like a goofy, dumb comedy office. It takes place in a, like, literally one room. And he's just always, like, banging into things and, like, you know, breaking things. And it's truly stupid comedy. Just making sure there's no one in the bathroom. Oh, blimey hell, there's a man in the bathroom. I can see his willy. <laughs> no, just joking. It's a lovely uh, fact. There's no willies. But somehow totally genius. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Hi, Sam. This is Marco from Toronto. I love you and I love your show, FYI. And my culture, guys, that has been haunting me for well over a decade now is Liza Minnelli's cover of Beyonce's Single Ladies, parentheses, put a ring on it, that she did for the critically acclaimed film and sequel, Sex in the City 2. Two reasons why this has haunted me. The first being that they kept in the lyric, I've got gloss on my lips, a man on my hips, hold me tighter than my Darion jeans. But part of me is like, is she saying Darion jeans or is she saying my very own jeans? I'm not sure, but also I'm thinking, what would Liza Minnelli look like 
with Darion jeans on, I bet she would look fabulous. I bet she would look lovely. Is she aware of Darion jeans? I'm not entirely sure. And another thing too, I don't think Beyonce has spoken about this cover, uh, has given her thoughts about this cover and what have you. But I would like to know what she thinks. Good luck. And if she sent Liza Minnelli a pair of Darion jeans. Culture Geist. Culture Geist. You're listening to Culture Geist. Culture Geist. I don't know, y'all. That's my Culture Geist. This is Pamela from Detroit, Michigan. I say that opening out loud to myself almost every day, multiple times a day sometimes, and not just the days that I listen to this podcast. It lives rent-free in my head. Uh, so thanks, Sam. Thanks for that. Bye. Hi, it's Jordana. I can't believe I'm about to share a culture geist, but I just feel compelled. So my culture geist is that I've been rewatching Party Down so that I can eventually watch the new season. Here's the crazy thing, though. There's this episode where Party Down is catering the after party for people in the porn industry. Holy balls, this party's gonna be fucking awesome. Yeah, more like any other party, but naked or endless sex. That's awesome. And one of the winners is this character named Macy. And what award did you win tonight? Best blowjob. Oh, best blowjob. And as I'm watching, I discover that the actress who plays Macy is Stormy Daniels. And I discovered this like a week or so before Trump's indictment. And now I have so many questions. According to the timeline, Stormy Daniels said she had an affair with Trump in 2006. So that was before she filmed Party Down. According to Stormy, what followed was the least impressive sex she's ever had. She received a payment from Michael Cohen in 2016, and that was way after appearing in Party Down, but before the return of the series. So what I want to know, what did all the Party Down cast members know, and when did they know it? Did they text each other in 2018 when this first became public? And said to me, leave Trump alone, forget the story. Did they talk about the legal picture while filming the new season? Did they get in touch again when Trump was indicted? I just can't stop thinking about Party Down's proximity to like the future of our nation's democracy. Why did you have sex with him? I have no idea. Thanks again to Jordana, Pamela, Marco, and Hannah. Listeners, do you have a culture geist? a thing in the culture that's been haunting you for days or weeks or even years. Share it with us. The more specific you are, the better. Just send us a short voice memo via email at intuit at vulture.com. Intuit at vulture.com. All right, Intuit is hosted by me, Sam Sanders. The show is produced by Janae West, Travis Larchuk, Gabby Grossman, Jelani Carter, and Taka Zen. 
Our fearless editor is Jordana Hochman. Our engineer is Daniel Turek. Our music is composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. And Hannah Rosen is the head of audio at New York Magazine. Uh, and some bittersweet news this week in credits. This is Hannah's last show with us. She's moving on to a different job. But gosh, thank you for everything, Hannah. She got the whole team together to make this show and supervised us as we created it. There would be no end to it without Hannah. So we thank you for everything and wish you the best going forward. All right, listeners, we are back next Tuesday with a brand new episode. Till then, be good to yourselves. We'll talk soon.